sing our first carol, and I'm hoping everyone has the carol sheet and also the little supplementary sheet inside it. You will need that for this carol, because our first carol is Christians Awake, Salute the Happy Morn, whereon the Saviour of the world was born. So let's stand to sing to start Christians Awake.
Now, in a few moments, uh, I believe Mark is going to sing for us. So uh, I'll introduce that in just a moment. But first, we're going to read from God's Word. And if you've been with us uh, for uh, the last few weeks, you'll know that we've been looking at the words of the angels to the shepherds. And so those who have been with us the last few weeks should be very familiar with these words. But we're going to read them uh, for just one last time uh, this Christmas. It's from Luke's Gospel, and we're going to read from chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. So it's Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in their fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. In a little bit we're going to be looking uh, at what it means for Christ to have been born in a manger, but I don't know what you thought when you heard those words just then of the angels. Uh, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Uh, It seems a bit ironic, doesn't it, in the world we live in? There's not much peace on earth, not much goodwill toward men. Uh, We've been particularly reminded that of just the last couple of years. And as I say, it sounds quite ironic, and some people could read those words and be quite cynical. Uh, But that attitude isn't anything new. Uh, For centuries, uh, millennia even, people have been cynical about the message of the angels. And one of those men uh, was a poet called Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Bit of a mouthful, but that was his name. And he uh, lived uh, in the USA during the... Uh, American Civil War, and his son was called up to fight in that war. And just before Christmas in, I think, uh, uh, 1864, uh, he got the news that his son had been severely wounded uh, with life-altering injuries. And uh, the next morning, whatever morning it was, when Christmas Day dawned, he was walking in the street and he heard the bells pealing, uh, their message of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And he thought, really? Uh, my son is uh, seriously injured. Uh, it's not much peace in this world. But he pondered it and he wrote a poem. And you can see it in the uh, back of your sheets. Uh, and though words of that poem have been made into a song, uh, not exactly all the words uh, of the poem, but you can read that in your own time, but Mark now is going to sing for us uh, the song which goes with this poem. Thank you.
so much, Mark, and of course, Bethany and Ian as well. Uh, did you catch the words there? Uh, he spoke of the mocking chimes of those bells, peace on earth, goodwill to men. Uh, but as he pondered it, he realized that despite the war and the heartache in the world, God, does not dead, God is not dead, nor does he sleep. Uh, God is at work even in the midst of all the pain and the heartache, even though he may not be working to our timetable. And that really, in essence, is the message of Christmas, how Jesus came into this world, not as a mighty king as we would see it, but as a baby in a manger. God does not work in the way we expect. As I said, I want to look at this morning uh, just three, re- three reasons Uh, that Jesus was born in a manger. Uh, We read those words, don't we? Uh, You'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. But why? Uh, Why was God born in a manger, a feeding trough, a place where animals eat out of? Strange choice, isn't it? Uh, Not where you tend to put a newborn king. But that's where Jesus 
was born. And I want to look at three reasons this morning, and we'll intersperse them with carols. Uh, But the first reason that Jesus was born in a manger was because of necessity. Jesus was born in a manger, or laid in a manger, because there was no room in the inn. That's what Matthew's Gospel tells us. Uh, Bethlehem was full. It was the time of the census. And people had been flocking into Bethlehem, uh, the city of David, to be counted. And Mary and Joseph couldn't find any room in the guest house in the inn. And they had nowhere to lay the newborn baby, except in a manger. Now, you've probably seen the pictures of a stable with all the cows and the uh, goats and whatever hanging around, but uh, sorry to break the image for you. That probably wasn't quite what it was like. Uh, Back in Israel in those days, uh, animals were kept indoors, perhaps not in the living room, but in a room of the house. And so finding a manger indoors wasn't particularly unusual uh, for, um, amongst other reasons, the animals helped keep things warm. Uh, in the house without electric heating. And so it wasn't unusual to find a manger in a house, but it was unusual to lay a baby in one. And yet, because there was no other room, Jesus was laid there. And that's a little picture, really, of what the world is like today. Uh, People hear the message of Christ, Christ sends his message throughout the whole world, and yet so many have no room for him. Most people in Bethlehem couldn't give Mary, Joseph, or Jesus the time of day. The same is true today. I wonder about you. Uh, Let me just leave you with that question. Uh, Do you have room for Christ? Do you ignore him? Perhaps you don't ignore him today, you're here. But do you ignore him the other 360 whatnot, whatnot days of the year? Are you like those men and women of Bethlehem? It's a strange choice, a manger, a strange place to be born. And yet that's where God chose. And with those thoughts in mind, let's sing our second carol now. And we're going to sing number three in our um, carol sheets. Number three, it's once in royal David city stood a lowly cattle shed, where a mother laid her baby in a manger for his bed. So let's stand to sing Once in Royal David's City.
I said most people uh, ignored the birth of Christ, uh, but not everyone did. Uh, There were some who heeded uh, what had happened that night in Bethlehem. Amongst them were the shepherds who we just read about, uh, watching over their flocks by night. And they were told uh, by the angels that a new king had been born. And that leads us to the second reason why Jesus was born in a manger. Uh, We've seen it was out of necessity, because there was no room in the inn. But the second reason was for his identity. I'm pushing the, uh, what's the word, the similarity to the words as much as I can. Uh, It was for identity, to identify the newborn king. Because think about it. Imagine that you're just being told that a new king has been born in Billinghay. Uh, Where are you going to start to look? Uh, You might go to the doctor's uh, surgery just over the road, but as we know, Jesus wasn't born in a doctor's surgery. He was born in a house, in a manger. Uh, So where would you start to look? It could be anywhere. It could be anywhere in the village, and that was the difficulty that the shepherds had. Possibly there were other babies born that night in Bethlehem. How would they know that this was the one? Uh, How could they tell that this was the newborn king? Well, the angels tell them. They tell them in verse 12 of the chapter we read. It says, this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. An unusual place to find a baby but an unmistakable one. Uh, The moment you saw that baby in the manger, you'd know, ah, this is the one. Uh, This is the one the angels told us about. So that's the second reason Jesus was born in a manger, to identify him, to identify him to the shepherds, to identify him to those who were looking for him. They were eager to find the baby. And again, uh, I'll ask you, are you eager to find Christ this Christmas? Uh, I don't know if people are excited about presents. Perhaps you've already opened presents this morning. I'm not sure. But perhaps you're eager to open the presents, and you should be. Uh, it's great to receive gifts. But are you eager to receive the greatest gift? Uh, the gift of Christ himself, God become man. The shepherds were. And so were the wise men, who we read of as well. And that's the theme of our next carol uh, from our service, our carol sheets. Number nine uh, is a carol which speaks of the eagerness, not of the shepherds, but of the wise men, as they journeyed far from the east to find the new king that had been born. So let's stand to sing our next carol. As with gladness men of old did the guiding star behold, as with joy they held its light, leading onward beaming bright, so most gracious Lord may we evermore be led to thee. So let's stand to sing as with gladness.
So, so far, uh, we've seen that first it was out of necessity that Jesus was laid in a manger because there was no room in the inn. Secondly, we've seen that it was to identify him to the shepherds who were searching for him. Uh, But there is a third reason as well, and perhaps the most important of all. Not only necessity, not only identity, but because of God's humility. Uh, The third and chief reason Jesus was born in a manger was because of God's humility. Uh, Pride is something we all have, don't we? Uh, Whether we realize it or not, uh, we have that thing inside us which is a little bit too concerned about our own honor and praise and glory. Uh, Deep down, all of us have that seed of selfishness and pride. Uh, and look at your relationships, whatever they might be, siblings, parents, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. And wherever you see strains in those relationships, uh, fractures, uh, things aren't quite right, uh, look a little deeper and you'll find pride is lying at the bottom somewhere. Uh, pride is something which infects almost everything in our lives. And yet when God came to this world, he was laid in a manger. Uh, Most people completely ignored him. Uh, Most people couldn't give him the time of day. Now, if you went on a holiday and you found there was no room for you uh, on your cruise ship or your hotel, you'd soon kick up, wouldn't you? Uh, You'd say, I've paid for this. Uh, This is my holiday. Why don't you get your act together? And yet God created Bethlehem. Not only did he create Bethlehem, he created the whole world. He created all the people within Bethlehem. He created the innkeeper who had no room for Christ. And yet, he didn't kick up. God submitted to be born in a manger. Because God is humble, and we see God's humility through Christ. When God came to this world and wanted to show us what he was like, he came as a little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. Isn't that amazing? Just ponder that. Of all the things, all the ways God could have shown himself on earth, that's the way he chose. That's not the way we would choose. We would think, oh, I must come in a a golden chariot or a flashy car or with great fanfare and aplomb. That's not how God came. I don't know, have you ever pondered the humility of Christ and the humility of God? Now, some people complain in the Bible uh, that God is very much about his own glory. Have you ever noticed that? Uh, It is true, in the Bible, God speaks a lot about his glory and his honor, and he commands people to worship him. He does. That's in the Bible. It's the first and greatest commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And some people say, God is so egotistical. God's so full of himself. God is so proud. But that's not the right way to look at it. Look at it like this. This perhaps will help explain why God is not proud. Uh, Think of the greatest surgeon in the world. 
And imagine that you had a disease, a very rare and dangerous disease, which only the most complex surgery could cure. Would you think much of the greatest surgeon in the world if he could help you, but he said, I'm too humble. I wouldn't presume to help you and use my skills to heal your disease. That'd be nonsense, wouldn't it? You'd say, forget your humility. I need your help. Please help me. He's the only one who can help you. It's like that with God. God is the source of all life. When he says, worship me, what he's saying is, I have everything you need. You cannot live eternally without me. As it says in the book of Acts, in him we live and move and have our being. So when God gives himself to us, he's not being proud, he's not being arrogant, he's being generous, he's being loving, because there is no one greater that God can give to us than himself. And that's who Jesus is, God given to us, God with us. And to demonstrate that he is not proud, to demonstrate that he is not arrogant, he came as a baby in the manger. So next time you're tempted to accuse God of uh, taking more than his due, look at that baby in the manger. And listen to Christ's own words when he grew up, where he said, "Uh, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. That's what Christ is like. That is what God is like. And I particularly love that verse, uh, because that's the verse which uh, finally uh, helped me see who Christ is. Uh, I was brought up in a Christian family, uh, and I read the Bible from a very young age, but I didn't understand the message of the gospel until I was about 16 years old. And when I was 16, I became very concerned about the sin in my life, the guilt I had on my conscience. I hadn't done anything tremendously bad by the world's standard, but I knew I wasn't what I should be on the inside. And for about a year, I was worrying if I could be forgiven. How could I remove this guilt from my conscience? Until I read those words of Christ. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's the same message which Christ offers to anyone now on this Christmas morning as you celebrate. I trust go home and enjoy a good meal and enjoy your gifts. Don't neglect that greatest of gifts, the gift of God of himself through Christ and how that manger demonstrates his humility. And with those thoughts, we'll close by singing our final carol, uh, a carol which rejoices in who Christ is and what he has done. Number six, hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king. So we'll stand to sing this carol and then I'll close with a prayer.
thank you once again for Jesus Christ. We thank you that he came to be born in a manger, but then to die on a cross, so that anyone and everyone who comes to him can have complete forgiveness of sins. And I pray on this day when we receive many other gifts that none of us would fail to receive that greatest of gifts, forgiveness through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we ask all these things in his name. Amen.